Hello and welcome to the Biz Coach Show, hosted by my biz coaches and presented by the TLG Group. On our show, we are focused on giving entrepreneurs the edge they need to succeed. Your hosts today are David Macon, that's me, and Eric Whitmore. Eric, how are you doing today? I'm doing excellent here in uh, sunny Denver, but super, super cold. <laughs> well, glad you battled the cold to join us, Eric. And uh, we're rejoined yet again by the one and only Jim Wilkerson. Jim, how are you today? Doing great, David. Thanks for having me again. Appreciate it. Yeah, fantastic. And let's take a minute to meet our guest for today. Our guest today is Jeff Levine. Jeff is the CEO at Success Strategies. He has over 30 years of experience as a tax attorney and certified financial planner. Jeff is a sought-after speaker, columnist, and expert on all things wealth management. He's appeared in documentaries and several radio programs, and he's also the author of multiple books, including nine Amazon bestsellers. Jeff, we're delighted to have you on the show today. How are you doing? I'm always terrific. A day above ground is better than the alternative. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Well, we are delighted to have you with us. And I know we have a lot of awesome topics and questions that we're going to run through today and uh, excited to get your insights. Uh, before we do that, though, if it's your first time watching our show or listening to our podcast, we want to invite you to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes where we talk to amazing folks like Jeff and cover a whole lot of topics that are important to small business owners. And uh, we'd love to connect with you there or on social media. So let's jump to our topic for today, which is purposeful planning. And uh, Jeff, if you don't mind, we'll actually start with you. As I was uh, reviewing your background and getting to know a little bit about you, I was kind of curious, why have you dedicated your professional life to wealth building and wealth management? Well, that's a great question. And it's just a pleasure to be here. I grew up in a family that didn't have a lot. Uh, my father worked seven part-time jobs. And I always wondered why others, like neighbors, I had a neighbor who was a lawyer two doors down that had two Mercedes in front of his house, and we had beat up cars. <laughs> Hardly ever worked, by the way, just so you have an idea. And I said to myself, why does Don have all these beautiful cars, no problem with spending money, and we watch every penny? So I decided just then and there that I am going to break out. I'm going to talk to Don on how he does it. And he shared with me, went to law school, and he became a lawyer. And he used to take me to court. And I used to see $100 bills coming from clients right to him. And for somebody at a young age, a $100 bill looked like a $1,000 bill to me. So I said, I'm interested. So I went to law school and my law professor, my tax law professor said, you need to do what I did, go an extra year of law school to specialize in taxes. You're good at this. I said, an extra year, I'm tired of law school. <laughs> However, I did it. I went an extra year, just loved every minute, you know, how to save taxes especially for my father, every year in April, he owed extra money. He didn't understand the tax law. And when he went to his accountant, because I asked him to, I said, you got to talk to your accountant. Why is this happening? And the accountant said, when you earn it, you pay it. And just then and there, I said, no way, Jose. That is never going to happen again. You know, what I knew in tax law school and then I was lucky enough to go to a top financial planning firm where I work with CEOs and top executives in the country and help them save taxes, help them build up their net worth. I said, then, then I am going to go back to my community with all this expertise, and it was a national expertise, and help people in Albany, New York. And for 32 years, I help people save taxes, build net worth, exit their businesses successfully. And not one of them went back to Walmart or McDonald's and working later on. 
they actually had more money than they ever thought they had. Because one of the things I did is I did the automatic savings. I took it before they had their hands on it. Because once you have your hands on it, as my father said, there's an invisible hole in your pocket. It just goes right down. So that's what made me do it. And I just loved every minute. You know, I am a service-oriented person. And if I can make somebody else's life better, that's what keeps me going. And, you know, with business coaches, businesses need it more than ever before. You know, what's happening out there, it's changed. COVID changed everything overnight. Some people we need to make sure they're more prepared for the innovation that's going on right now. Change is inevitable and every day. Yeah, well said, Jeff. And I think that's uh, such a great story. It's a powerful story. I'm sure it's what resonates with a lot of our listeners. I think a lot of them probably have started businesses, whether it's, you know, trying to, uh, you know, make more money for themselves or for their family or, you know, uh, build this wealth for themselves only to find out that that's a little more challenging than, uh, than maybe they initially thought. And so I'd love to uh, maybe just ask a question to the group in, in light of that. Uh, maybe what are some of the common pitfalls that you see small business owners make that sabotage their wealth building efforts? Well, I think number one is mindset. You know, if you read the newspapers, watch the news, you've been hearing a word, the R word, and that scares everybody. So fear starts to come up and you get paralyzed and you're not doing what you're supposed to do. So you have to realize it's temporary like anything else. We've been through it before and life goes on. So just change that mindset that things will always be okay. Number two is pivoting. You need to pivot today. You don't know what's going to happen in the future. Nobody does. And technology is changing so quickly. AI, automation, you need to keep up on it. And I think one of the things you have to do is spend money on that. And if you don't, you're going to be left behind. And the other thing is marketing. It has to be consistent. You just can't market now. When things slow down, I'm going to stop because I have to keep care careful. My penny, keep my pennies careful because I don't want to spend them. But no. You have to be consistent. You have to be out there because if nobody knows anything about you, nobody's going to give you business. Also, I think the thing also is mentor, a coach. You know, today it's more complicated than it's ever been. And you need somebody for guidance. You need somebody that's already been there that's done what you want to do because it's a challenge today running a business. But if you have that mentor, that coach, it's going to be a lot easier ride. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Yeah, those are great points. Uh, Eric, Jim, I think I saw your wheels spinning a little bit. Uh, maybe Eric, if I can tee you up, I know, one of the things Jeff talked about was AI, automation, technology. That seems to be a reoccurring theme. And just curious if you got any thoughts on that. And then, Jim, if there's anything you want to weigh in on, uh, I'm sure you've got a few thoughts, too, on these common fit, uh, pitfalls. Yeah, you know, it's um, there are a couple of thoughts. And as, as Jeff was going, even as he was kind of telling us his story as well, I got there. Yeah, funny, I came from more blue-collar working middle class and dry to build something right, to to create wealth for myself and um i 20 years when i was younger i thought i was the only one that had that drive and the more I knew people as i got older a lot of people came from that similar background like i i want to do more i want to and that leads us down that path of entrepreneurial right i want to 
determine create my my wealth and things like that so i think that's interesting that it resonates you know with um it's a burning desire uh, i recently heard a statistic that um uh the percentage of uh wealth uh, people that are millionaires that were wealth transfer uh, transfer from previous generations has dropped dramatically in the last 30 to 40 years it is more and more than ever before first uh first generation wealth uh creation meaning some entrepreneur in the family in the, in the lineage um made their their millions for the first time ever so i think it's quite interesting because it's more and more to to just point people are going the path of entrepreneurialism to try and make their make their way make money you know build their wealth whatever it might be they have a great strategy a great idea and a business they want to run with but I just think it's kind of interesting and I tie those all together because I think that, that resonates as I'm thinking through that whole uh, that whole uh, process. And then, as you mentioned, David, the, the AI, I mean, I can't I can't beat that drum hard enough right now. I see it in every scenario, every business that we engage with at this point has to consider digitizing and automating, which, which has been the big focus for my biz coaches and now with this AI component. And I, again, I don't hitting that drum in the sense that it's AI because it's not just AI, it's how AI interacts in your business, right? So we have to do, we have to make sure that we understand what it is. And I, I don't want to scare people on one side because it may not impact their business as much as somebody else's business, but more importantly, understand how it can and will in the future impact your business is super important. And, and that's where um, I think that's a big piece of that. Agreed. I agree. It, it's and it's changing so fast, Eric. And people have to get on board with it, otherwise they'll be left behind. Yeah, agreed. Yep. And if you're yep, spending yep. money on this, sorry, that's where you spend it. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Back to your question, uh, David, about common pitfalls that most business owners make. Um, you know, one thing that we talked about with Jeff over breakfast uh, last week when, when we sat down and talked about collaborating together was the idea that uh, business owners typically don't pull money out of the company during the good times. And they wait to do that and they don't do it on a regular basis. And so as a result, when they get down to getting ready to sell the company or retire, um, they typically don't have the nest egg that they could have otherwise. So I think that's a that's a very common thing. I think people are, you know, to a large degree, if you're a business owner, you're afraid uh, to pull that working capital out. But uh, it's it's really important because, like to Jeff's point, you never know what's going to happen. Um, you, you, that's one of the things if you have to pivot because uh, something like you said, we get not a recession, but a deep recession that affects your industry or a COVID. And uh, you know, if your business is in jeopardy at some point, you know, what do you have to show for it? So that's just absolutely agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Great point, Jim. I appreciate that. And, you know, it's, um, you know, Jeff, the other thing I think about when we talk about investing in AI, um, I, 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 I kind of said it when, when I made my comment, but I think it's important to recognize, uh, anytime there's new technology, one of the challenges is there's, I, I here's my philosophy on this. It, there, there's a group of people, the early adopters that will get in and understand it. And then there's a window of opportunity and whatever that percentage of early adopter is, when it's the first 5% or first 10%, I don't know exactly where it is, but from that window to the next window where you move to that, you know, the, the natural bell curve that takes place. Right. And, and somewhere along that upswing of the natural bell curve, before you get the, to the midpoint, the tipping point, there's a huge opportunity to leverage a gap between the two to uh, to uh, arbitrage the gap, right? So you can get in, you can leverage the technology because you made the early investment in it, and and basically resell the same technology back to somebody else um, that because they just don't know. And that's the one big thing is that as uh, business coaches, you know, I, I at the beginning of the year I really sat with the group and they said, hey, look, there's going to be some major things with chat gpt and then i mean that's just the tip of the iceberg what comes behind that is even even more impactful impressive you know and and potentially you know a little nerve unnerving uh but um that arbitrage is already taking place people are leveraging 
the technology because the average person isn't familiar, doesn't know. And in many cases, they're going to overpay or I don't want to say get taken advantage of, but certainly um, pay more than they need to in the interim. Um, maybe that's part of the education process. But uh, the reality is, is that you got to do your due diligence is the point I'm trying to make. So just don't go blindly into making those investments, do the due diligence and understand, but you can't just uh, ignore it to your point, Jeff, you've got to, you've got to make, be willing to make the investment in that. And I, and I say, it's not just money, but it's also in, in time and understanding. Um, you know, there's a lot of companies that chose not to get on the internet uh, in the late nineties, early two thousands. And by the late two thousands and early 2010s, it was big impact. Right. I mean, and, and, and at, 2008, the, 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 the economic recession in 2008 dramatically impacted a lot of businesses and people who weren't on the internet were forced to the internet. Uh, and yet again, during COVID, we saw that same influence even more so. So you can't get away from technology enhancements and the companies that aren't getting on board with that, that's going to really come back to them. Yeah, I have a phrase that I love. Technology is your friend, not your enemy. And it's a right. mindset thing. It's a mindset. You know, sometimes you don't understand it, but you need to know more. And Absolutely. due diligence is really important. And that's why having a coach, that's the whole key. Why? They're to move you in that direction when maybe you're not capable, not you're capable, but you, you're scared. You fear because you don't know it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, great point. Um, and I'm sure we could talk technology all day. At least I know Eric could. So we'll, we'll keep it moving here. But uh, Jeff, with your background in financial planning, uh, I'm curious, what are some of the strategies that you recommend to small business owners to help them, um, you know, kind of attain that dream that a lot of them are looking for? Well, I think number one is always have a goal. An exciting goal. You know, if you just, David, Eric, and Jim, just have a goal that interests you, that goal is probably going to go away. But when you, I call it a C goal. It's a goal that excites you and at the same time scares you. And that's what's going to get you up in the morning and real excited because you're not going to know how to do it. That's the kind of goal that you want to do, you want to have for somebody. And the bottom line there is when you have that goal, anytime a decision is required, you go back to that goal and say, is this moving me closer or moving me away or not moving me in any direction? The other thing that I like is something called an emergency fund. I call it the rainy day fund. You know, it doesn't, it's not supposed to rain in uh, Arizona, but <laughs> January and February it has. Again, it's unusual. So I always like to have that because you don't know what's going to happen. You know, I was in business 32 years and I was, I had some great times, but I also had some challenging times but I had the money put away and I never were, it never stopped me because I had that money. So I kept moving forward. Most of my friends, people I knew in business, they hid their head in sand and never looked out. Also, same time that you're, thinking financial strategies, I call it, you should always have an exit plan. It goes along with your goal. Have to know where you're going. For example, with me, 10 years before, almost to the day, somebody tapped me on the shoulder and said to me at the gym, my partners want to buy you out. Now, I could never see that event. But I realized 10 years before I had nothing to sell. So I went on a journey every year to make my business more valuable. 
And by 10 years, it was very valuable. But if I hadn't planned it out, that tap on the shoulder would have meant nothing to me. We would have met and they would have gone away because I had nothing. And when I sold my business in the Northeast and was able to move to Arizona, and in the wintertime, I didn't freeze for the first time in my <laughs> life, it wouldn't have never happened. So start planning. I say every business that starts have an exit plan. Yeah. Start working on it. Also, invest in yourself. Sharpen those skills. There's nothing more important than that. But also what a lot of employers forget, sharpen those employees also. Great point. Your employees are your gold mine. You can't do it yourself. And when you hire people, hire the best. Remember, it's not a cost. It's an investment. And if you get the right people, when you get the right people, your business is going to be that much better off. But a lot of people don't want to pay that extra dollar or two to get the right person. I remember when I first started, I hired that person and she was very expensive, but I knew she would be with me for 32 years and would be able to run the business while I'm not there. And again, instead of working in the business, work on the business. You have to have a team when you're not there. Right. Sure. Especially when you go to sell it. Because right, right. you're not going to be there. But you have to have the procedures, the automation, so that when that new person comes in, it's a functioning, successful business. And they will pay for it. Great points, Jeff. I know you're uh, you're hitting on David's uh, passion button there with uh, developing your people. <laughs> that's right. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, that's a big point. We, you know, we get so caught up in business that we don't get caught enough enough on on the business. Right, but. They're your future. When you're not there, they're going to be running it for you. Yep. And make your life right. a lot better than you could ever imagine. Or if you don't do it the right way, your life could be the opposite. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what I always hear, by the way. Every business yeah. <laughs> employer, they're concerned about, you know, their employees, right? But if you train them and teach them, it, it's worth its weight in gold. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say in my experience with working with uh, clients, uh, I, a very common to your, your point, Jeff, a very common concern or frustration is I can't find good people or I can't retain good people. And I, the, the very next thing I say is, what does your onboarding process look like? What does your recruiting and hiring process look like? And they can't give you a defined process, right? So they don't have a process to, to find quality people to begin with. Uh, and then to your point, they're not willing often to pay or worse yet, they're not willing to invest, right? They don't invest back into their people. So in any one of those scenarios, I mean, you got to do all three of those, really, if you want to build a successful business model. You can't just do three. You really have to do all three if you want to build a sustainable business model over a long period of time. And, you know, just doing recruiting and hiring is one component. You also have to make sure, you know, through that process, that vetting process that you're bringing people on, you have to make sure you're taking care of them financially or they're not going to hang around. They're always going to have one foot out the door. And if you're not reinvesting in them, they're not going to grow with the company. So as the company grows and their skill sets don't grow, they're going to your the company will outgrow them and they're not going to be as valuable and they're, they're going to be frustrated and they're either going to leave or you're going to lose a good quality loyal employee because they didn't have the opportunity to grow along with the company so in, in every wow. scenario you have to have all three combined yeah i came from a presentation this morning excuse me uh, jeff go on that's from, fine 
came from a presentation this morning where um, one of the gals is an executive recruiter and she was talking about, uh, you remember the great resignation that we've heard about in the last few years in the headlines. So that uh, was a problem. And she says it's, it's actually getting worse and not better. And right. now they're talking about, I'm hearing in the news, the four day work week with the same amount of pay um, flexibility and income are the two primary drivers for people wanting a job right now. Flexibility, it was income, I guess flexibility is first now, but it, it, that's demographically driven. It's uh, people that are quite a bit younger than those of us that have the gray hair, I think, that uh, in the <laughs> workplace that, that have that attitude. And But you have to understand that that's just the reality of the situation. And so that's something to think about when you're, you're looking to bring somebody on or you've got your people and you've got to, you don't want to lose them. You know, retention, so you bring somebody in and treat them the right way, they're, they're likely to stay, you know, as long as you're, you're treating them like people, exactly. Right, yeah, I'm gonna make this statement that sort of summarize everything. You treat them as family. Right. Yeah. And if you, when you treat your family, how do you treat them? Right. Really well. Yeah. And that should be, just the mindset, family, because you're going to spend yeah. a lot of time with them like you would your family. <laughs> yeah, sometimes more, right? Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And to Eric's point, you know, he said that, you know, and we, we, it comes up in conversation every time we engage a client. That's employees is finding the good people is, is probably top of mind more than anything else. Yeah. And I think if you have a process, it will work that much better. If you well, don't have and, a process, you're going to lose them there. Just remember your employee is somebody else potential employee. Right. I'm actually going to go one step further. I'm going to go back to your someone, a statement you already made, Jeff, which is I have a plan, right? The reality is you can't, right. You, you, you can't even build a process to recruit and hire the people that you want, unless you already know what you're looking for. Not just a, a job description, but what's the kind of person you're looking for? And more importantly, often we find that most of our companies, if they wrote a business plan, if they wrote a business plan, which is few and far between, or if they've even reviewed it since they started the business, then the other issue is they didn't sit down and define what they wanted, what their vision, what their mission, what their culture was going to be, right? What their values that they were going to stand for. When you define those, and I, I can say that because I, the first... 12 years of my career in the wireless industry, I worked for some decent companies. I worked for people I, I learned some, some good stuff from, and I was pretty good at what I did. But I got way better the last half of my career because I started working with an organization. And they, one of the things that they reminded us from day one is we have a very specific culture and we have these values and we hang our hat on these values. We believe in these values. These are our corner of our organization and they need to be entrenched in our interviewing process and our recruiting process need to be entrenched in how we handle our day-to-day -day operations and by doing that we set the expectation of what we were looking for uh and, and and having that plan to your point earlier jeff is in fact now i know how to make my decisions right because i have a plan and i know where i want to go each day that formulates how i handle certain circumstances so when i get to a decision point when I get to that inflection point and I have to make a specific thing, I reference my culture and I reference my values and I say, this is what we want. This is our plan. This is what we want. This is what we stand for. It's easy for me to make those decisions. And I'm not painted into a corner and feel like I'm in a, make, making a, a victim decision, which is often what most employers feel like they're doing when they feel like they have to pay more than they intended or whatever the case may be. It's often because they didn't know what they wanted, what their end goal was. So I 100% on board. I was like, what's your exit strategy? I, I learned that from uh, our previous CEO. It was, you know, I, I never get into a, an opportunity without knowing your exit strategy before you get in. Right. Well, that so, is great. Yeah, Eric. Great, great work. Yeah, because most people have problems with decisions because they don't know what they want. And right. when you have a plan, you will have a decision that will coordinate with that plan. It'll be a lot easier as you're saying. Yep. Well, you to Eric's point, if you've got the plan, you've got the mission, vision and values written down, 
uh, it's worthwhile to every so often stop and say, are, are we living this? Uh, That's or, right. Is everybody on board? Yeah. Good point, Jim. Great point. Yeah. At, at the previous company where David and I were, I mean, we spent hours. I mean, in, in every scenario, in every, David, you corroborate this, so you can probably every speak meeting, to it more than I can. Every, every, yeah, yeah. Every get together. <laughs> David was our director of training. It was like literally every time that we got together, we referenced our culture, even if it was just, you know, um, you know, we had 26 culture tenants, you know, tell me a culture tenant and what does it mean to you and how does it relevant to our business? And that was literally just, we would challenge people all the time. And, and you know, David, that was a, that was a our overarching theme in our training and all, all the training you guys conducted. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's essential, right? I mean, culture, if you have the right culture, then it's going to attract the right people and it's going to, you know, overcome any misses or gaps in your strategy because you have the right people that are just going to find a way to fix it. It's, it's incredible what happens when you have that right culture, but it doesn't happen accidentally, right? It has to be intentional and right. you have to be purposeful and you have to revisit it often. So yeah, couldn't, couldn't agree more. I, I got to tell a story. Is... Go on. I, I was going to say, I got to tell a story. It's one of my favorite stories I early on. Ross Perot, um, in I can't remember what book I was reading, but he was telling a story about um, culture specifically with his organization. It was uh, it was um, oh it was at a tech company. Darn it, the name's going to elude me. Um, but he was building. He ended up selling it to GM Financial, and when he was building it up in the '60s, EDS EDS was the name of the company. And as he was building it up, he, his whole philosophy is, I want hard chargers. He came from the military background. I want hard chargers. I want people that know how to make things happen, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so in his, uh, um, he had a, he, so he built the organization, he sold it off to GM Capital, and then he became a, a, a shareholder, a, a, a chair uh, person on the, uh, at GM. And it was a huge challenge because uh, when he was there at GM, he would, he would get super frustrated and he actually did an analogy and he said, yeah, at, um, at EDS, when we were building EDS, he goes, um, you know, we, we, we had uh, a one page employee manual and it basically said, do the right thing. <laughs> and, and because he recruited the kind of people that were like him and understood that concept, right. They, they, they adopted that philosophy and he's just, he said he was so frustrated at GM because he said if at GM, if there was if they found there was a snake problem, they'd get a committee together to discuss snakes and then, you know, to determine what kind of snake it was. And then they have another committee together, you know, to decide what well, what, what should we do about it? And what are our options? And, and then they have another committee to determine who's going to take care of this, you know, and resolve this, this issue. And and he was like he goes at, 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 he goes at EDS. somebody would just kill the snake. You know, whoever found the snake, we kill the snake. And that was it. And it was all about the culture. He was clear about what the expectation was. And that was extended beyond everybody within everybody in the organization. And they all carried that forward. Very good point. Very good story. Yeah. You made the point very well. Appreciate that. <laughs> well, hey, as we're, as we're talking about uh, planning, we're talking about investing. Specifically right now, we've been talking about investing uh, in you know yourself, investing in your people. Maybe we switch a little bit to investing you know, money, perhaps, <laughs> and talk about <laughs> maybe some investment options uh, for small business owners. And, and maybe within the lens of how to maximize returns while minimizing risk. So people's a great investment. Uh, what are some other investments that they should be considering as well? Well, I think, again, if you want to invest with minimal risk, you want to control it. When something else controls it, it's not the same. And your business, you are in control with. So I think the first thing with minimal risk, again, is that rainy day fund. You want to have that. And that will get you through. There's always going to be some great times, average times, and some more challenging times. I promise you, if you go back over history, it's the bell-shaped curve. And it happens every time. So that is the best investment a business can make. 
And the second best investment is protecting against the risks of a business, having the right insurance. There is nothing better than that. I have seen in my 32 years the lack of doing that and the repercussions. People went out of business. And I am saying one of the best things you can do is get a business insurance consultant to cover you under any circumstance. I can't say enough about that. I remember a case that I had, and it'll never forget me. I promise you. I'm sitting there in a meeting, and there are two extremely successful business owners. And I said, do you have a business buyout? Do you have a disability buyout? And his statement to me was, we are such great friends. We don't need that. If he doesn't work and is out of business, I will always protect him. Four months into his disability, one of the people, the other guy comes into my office, the one who's well, and says to me, when can I stop paying him? (laughs) He's not working. He's not worth anything. I'm not paying him anymore. Agreements. Agreements put everything in writing as a lawyer. I told them to do it in writing and there's the classic. And again, with regard to investments, diversify. Do not put all your eggs in one basket. And I think in this environment, cash is pretty good (laughs) because we're going through a tough time. Rates are going up. Uh, Layoffs are happening. The R word is being mentioned. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because the other option that comes up that I like for businesses is retirement accounts. Putting money away on a tax deductible basis. Because if you don't do it, And the business, when you want to get out of it, exit it, it's not worth that much. You don't have much for retirement. And what's nice, it's a forced savings. You put it away and you do it every year. And the ones I like the best are flexible plans, depending on how the business is doing. I don't like where you have to put in if you don't have to. I mean, you don't know year by year what's going to happen. And over the years, I saw businesses say, and they used to tell me, this business is always going to be successful. Hmm. Guess what? What they didn't know hurt them. The next year... The unexpected, you could never see it happening. They're suffering. It's the COVID situation. It, it's COVID, but it doesn't have to be right. COVID, but it gives us a great example of the kind of thing. If you didn't pivot, you were out of business. I know right. so many successful business, service businesses. These people had incredible businesses. They weren't going to change. And that's a big thing. People don't change that easily. And you have to collaborate to get that change. Mm. And that's where Eric, David, and Jim come into play. We need to be prodded. We need to be, not push, but give it in the right direction. Have a plan. And that's why I went into financial planning. I remember with a financial plan, I had a client that at 50 years of age, they want to retire and they want to move to Florida. 
And when the market went down, they called me up and said, this plan is not working right now. What can we do to change? Now, the challenging thing is they retired. They went to Florida, but they were so young for Florida, they didn't have any friends because everybody else was older. So sometimes, even with a good plan, make sure it's practical. <laughs> yeah, well said. Uh, Eric, Jim, any thoughts on that? Well, the plan is everything like we talked about. Um, one question I have for you, Jeff, and this has come up and I, I don't know the answer, um, is, you know, the, the company ownership for people besides their primary residence typically is their single biggest asset. And you were talking about insurance and risk. How can they protect that in the event of somebody coming after them for a lawsuit or something? Is there a way that they can segregate those shares and protect them somehow? Well, that's a great question. And the, the key word is asset protection. And getting an attorney who specializes in that. I think for any successful business owner, they should be aware of that. They should meet with one. Because today in our society, Jim, anybody could face a lawsuit. Whether right. good or not, anybody can file it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I think that is the best spent money that a business owner could do. How are they protecting themselves against that? And there's some good ones here, even in, in Phoenix that I have met with. So I appreciate highly that. recommend that concept. Okay. That's great. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's a great point. I'm, I'm glad you asked that, Jim. It's um, as we, Jeff, as we kind of um, engage with our clients, you know, there's a, there's a couple of things that you'd mentioned when, when uh, David asked the question about investing, right, financially. Um, so investing back into the business, certainly the, uh, a big one, right? Um, it, you know, investing in an insurance uh, or insurances. And I think that uh, the question that Jim asked is kind of relevant in that, you know, risk uh, mitigation, right? It's, a, you know, making sure that the business is structured correctly. One of the things that I'll tell you that comes up often, be interested to hear your perspective on this, when you say any successful business, and I think that that's a, uh, I think that's a, a challenge for some people because they don't understand the classification of what determines successful business. Uh, we, we struggle with clients that say, well, you know, I'm only doing, you know, 200, $250,000 a year. You know, I'm not really making a lot of money. I don't think I really need a coach. And I'm like, that's all the more reason why you need a coach. <laughs> so we can make sure that we plan for the next, you know, evolution of this, right? But similarly, you know, it's like, well, I don't think I need, like, for instance, I had a, a smaller organization, about a half a million a year in revenue partners, and they didn't have a key man plan, a key man insurance plan uh, for, for the, the, the two owners. Consequently, one of the owners passed. And uh, that would have been a perfect scenario. The, the, it was the business had been around for a while, one of the owners passed, and now all of a sudden there's a burden that they that the 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 owner who's absorbing the, the whole business now uh but also has an obligation to pay off the spouse of the deceased partner uh, you know to buy out her shares so that they can control the business and where it goes forward but they're thinking oh we're only doing a half a million dollars you know gross revenue and i think they were probably splitting about uh 150,000 between the two of them but now it's in a really bad spot and because they didn't have a key man plan um and i'll add to that their operation wasn't written well, and consequently, it didn't outline exactly how to handle the circumstance when, if and when that were to happen. Um, so any thoughts, feedback you can share? One, what what determines a successful business and when should they have, you know, consider some of these things? I think when you start a business, anybody who goes into <laughs> business, <laughs> I remember me doing it, you know, you're a success in just going in, I think. And I think that's when you start speaking to people. That's when you do the key man. 
I'm a believer. When I mentioned insurance, key man was what came to my mind. I can't tell right. you the number of situations when that unexpected death comes about and you have to pay off that other person. Now, a lot of times, you, if you do it right, you'll have an insurance policy. Right. But not everybody has an insurance policy, as you say. Right. So I don't think the word success automatically means money. I'm going to I'm going to come back and say any running business should be considering it. Because with proper coaching, today's business can be extremely successful. You know, I think of Tesla. You go back mm -hmm. a number of years. Every business starts very slowly without making a lot of money. But none of us know when it could potentially take off. And that's what you have to be ready for. Appreciate that. That's a great point. It was kind of a layup because that's what I would have said, but I wanted to hear your professional advice. Okay, good. I like layups. When I played basketball, that was my feature. I could shoot from out of sight, but if I could get a layup, it was a lot less risk. I, I figured that was going to be your going answer. In. <laughs> yeah. I figured that was going to be your answer, but that's, you know, I think that that's, like I said, it's one of those things that owners get stuck on. And they're like, well, we're not doing that great or we're not making that much money. And to your point, you never know what could happen, good or bad, that that is going to change that circumstance. And, you know, that's it's one of those things where you, you need to plan for all the different variables that may potentially happen. And that's not always easy to do by yourself. That's why you get the professional you're going to be getting. Um, and, and ideally, you want to make sure you get good guidance because there's a lot of people out there that, you know, there's certainly some that are better than others. But you want to get the best guidance you can to make the best decisions you can. Well, I'll share with you just that story. And it happened to me. I remember somebody coming in to my office, just starting his business, not making hardly any money. Here's the classic example. And said to me, I want your help. And I want to go public in 10 years. We went public in exactly 10 years. Hmm. And he made millions and millions of dollars from nothing. Never worked another day in his life, 35 years of age. He said, I'm done. Because he had that goal. He had that mission, that vision. But when that right. ended, he didn't have the next one. Hmm. And he didn't want it. And that's a choice. Yeah, right. But that's how quickly 30, it can happen. Yeah, 30, 35, David, how old are you? About that. <laughs> <laughs> well, as, as his planner, I took it very serious. And we kept meeting. And yeah. we, we were going to do it, both of us. Collaboration. Yeah. Yep. There was no doubt in my mind that it wasn't going to happen. It was definitely going to happen. And again, that's what you have a strong team. Nothing's going to stop the team with right. your desire. I think desire is the most important thing. Nobody, if, if you say to yourself, I am not going to be stopped. I am going to reach that goal. You're not going to be stopped because it's going to be on your mind all the time. You're going to have that vision. You're going to go into your imagination, seeing it already happened. Your subconscious mind doesn't know if it's real or not. And you're planting those seeds. And what happens when you plant seeds? We don't know exactly when the crop is going to happen, but the crop will happen. Well, you talked about goals. You know, you started starting with the end in mind and those seed type goals you're talking about. You don't have to know how you're going to get it. You just have to know you're going to get it. You're going to know, do whatever it takes. And that's what you're talking about there, I think, is the desire being a, a burning desire inside of you. So that's where, you know, that's that's how great things happen. 
And I think we've had similar training with uh, Bob Proctor. And once you get with the how, you're in trouble. It's what do you, and I'm going to say really, really, really want. I was on a coaching session the other day and I said, I had them do it one session, write out their goals. But then I had again, did it again. It's a process and it's probably going to change. Right. So the bottom line is keep working it because when you find out what you really want, nothing's going to stop you. It's in that heart. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a that's a powerful message for maybe that small business owner that's struggling right now or not sure, and they're focused on how am I going to get there. And I think, uh, yeah, that's probably put another log in their fire, so to speak, and uh, reignited their passion for their business. So thanks for that, Jeff. And David, one other thing I want to say, mindset. It's all mindset. No matter what your mindset now is, with the proper coaching, it can change. And when it changes, watch out. It's totally different. And again, Eric, when you know what you want, that decision is much easier. And it's all about decisions. Right. Well, hey, we've covered a lot of really good information, and I want to make sure we have enough time to hear what's new at Success Strategies and My Biz Coaches. So let me just quickly transition to just a few key points and some action items uh, from our episode today. Uh, I think first and foremost, I think everybody did a great job talking about the importance of clearly defining your vision, your culture, your values, and really your core process. And and Jeff, I think you really brought that to life. Um, Also, investing in yourself and your people absolutely critical. Uh, We also touched on exploring multiple strategies for managing wealth diversification, very critical, right? Whether that's, um, you know, investing or a number of other things, uh, that diversification is super important. Um, Also minimizing risk with the right insurance and legal counsel. I think I I heard that cautionary tale, uh, Jeff, in there. So thanks for that. Uh, And then also accept, embrace, and plan for change. Uh, never too early to think about retirement or your exit strategy and consider investments inside and outside your business. So a couple of key action items uh, to kind of bring that to life and immediately apply it for our viewers and listeners is develop and refine that hiring, hiring retention strategy. Super important. Um, and then if you don't have a detailed financial plan, I mean, really detailed, uh, you know, down to 10 years, this is what I want exactly. Um, and that plan needs to include some risk management. You need to start one today. And then I think I heard a few times uh, the importance of meeting with a coach or a financial planner to explore investment options. So those are all things that our listeners or viewers can do right now to start getting back on track. So uh, again, appreciate your insights, Jeff. Uh, I'd love to hear anything new or noteworthy happening over at Success Strategies that you want to share with our audience today. Yes, a couple things. Uh, just one last thing I want to say. I, I This is important. I had a client who came to me, a, a business owner, and he had six children and zero insurance. So I went out and we bought a big insurance policy. I didn't sell it to him. He, he bought like a million dollar term policy. Three months later, I get a call that he passed away from a massive heart attack. Wow. Wow. His spouse was my best client because we educated all her children. And without that policy, she has nothing. Wow. When I talk about risk management, to me, that's the best investment you can make. Wow. And then over in uh, success strategies, a couple things that are going on. I just did a documentary and it's going to be out on Amazon prime shortly. It's called beyond limitations. I saw it. It's probably one of the single best films 
on success that I've ever seen. Now, unbeknownst to me, people from all over the world were in it. And these were successful people that we haven't heard of. Hmm. But when it comes out, I highly recommend people watch it. Number two, I teach a course on mindset called thinking into results, not working hard into results. And when you change your thinking, you change your life, you change your results. There is conditioning that stops you. And that conditioning has an effect on you don't even know it's there. But when you go to make a decision within three, four, five, six seconds, you will hear a little voice say, you're not good enough. You can't do this. And here's for you, Jim, the how. I don't know how to do it. And you're not going to do it. Because I know, because it happened to me for 32 years. And I had no idea what was happening. So I'm giving back by teaching that class. It's 12 modules and it works. Because mindset is the key ingredient to success. Absolutely. And if people want to learn more about that, where should they go, Jeff? Well, they can go to uh, my LinkedIn account. Or they can go to me on my email at Jeff, J-E-F-F, 12, Levine, L-E-V-I-N-E, at gmail.com. Fantastic. Okay. We'll be sure to include uh, the LinkedIn link as well in the show notes so people can connect with you directly, learn more about that. And uh, I made a note, Beyond Limitations, Amazon Prime, coming soon. Uh, I'm going to add it to my watch list. That sounds awesome. Thank you, David. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate all your insights today. Uh, Eric and Jim, my biz coaches, what's new? Anything you guys want to share about uh, maybe some of the new things you're working on over there? Yeah, I'll I'll let Jim go first. I know he's got a a financial course he's been teaching, and uh, I think you probably want to say something about that. Sure, happy to. Yeah, and our uh, our, our, part of our program is we offer group coaching. Uh, We're providing that now for an organization called HOA.com and their membership. Uh, we're rolling that out to other organizations as a membership organizations like associations as a value add for their members as well. It's got 300 different topics that we can go through depending on what uh, uh, is needed or, or asked for basically anything relative to business. We've got a 20 minute video for it. <laughs> and we have these uh, uh, one modules called the financial training and it talks about going through uh, your starts out with the power of your P&L and your income statement and your cash flow statements and why they're important to have and you know how many small businesses don't have them and how they can be your scorecard and so uh, it's available I'm I'm actually offering it for free uh, if anybody wants to come in and join us for the next couple of months before I shut it down and start uh, turning it into a fee-based program. Uh, just just get us your email and uh, I'll get you in there and invite you and uh, you could watch the the videos on demand and then once a week we, I come back and facilitate a, a coaching call to answer your questions and it's, it's great because in a group setting you're collaborating with other business owners other CEOs hearing their wins their losses and it, it's just a lot of fun to get a different perspective even if it's from a different industry so Oh, fantastic. Yeah, that's exciting. And I heard kind of act now, get in there while it's free before the window closes. Right. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Jim. Eric, anything you want to add? Yeah, so we'll just, uh, I'll uh, put it out there again. <clears throat> Sorry, put it out there again. On March 9th, uh, we're a vendor at an event called, it's at the Phoenix Metro Chamber of Commerce. They're having a um, business expo. It's a business conference and expo on March 9th. I think it starts at 1130 and goes to about 530. That's an all day event. Come out, spend a few hours. They have um, uh, 40 different vendors are going to be there and they're expecting between three and 400 attendees. So should be a great time for a lot of people to come out and and learn some new things. We'll obviously, uh, my biz coaches be representing as a a booth out there. Uh, Jim and I, you'll be able to find us out there. If you have questions, you want to meet with us. Uh, One of the things I also like to do whenever 
So many of our followers are, are local and they're going to events that we're going to be at. Uh, I love the opportunity to introduce them to influential people within the organizations that I support. So while we're at the event, if uh, if you show up, we'll uh, be happy to uh, share some of the great goodies that we'll have to give away. Uh, but at the same time, I'll also be happy to introduce you to some of the people you might want to uh, you might have a need for uh, with your business. So uh, and then we also have the big event, our event on April 7th and 8th. So we're very excited about that. We have some awesome speakers. Uh, Jeff has agreed to be a speaker at our event. So we're super excited about uh, him joining the group and uh, and sharing some more wisdom with us at that event. Uh, but uh, we have at least right now, I think we have five committed speakers that we'll have there in addition to myself and Jim will be providing some content. And uh, we're super excited about that as a two day event. And uh, well, the information will be coming out here shortly. Uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, I love it. If you liked what you heard today, definitely learn more about that event. Head over to mybizcoaches.com. You can also uh, comment or go to our any of the social media sites, uh, send a direct message there. If you're not sure where to go, we'd love to uh, plug you into the information you need and learn more about those events and other stuff that's coming up. So be sure to follow us there and be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss future episodes and other upcoming events. Uh, gentlemen, it's been a great time uh, spending here this afternoon with all of you uh, talking about purposeful planning and hope you guys all have a great afternoon. Thanks. Well, thank you Thanks, so David. much. Thanks, David. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jim.